Welcome to CouncilCast, a podcast from Coalfield Development where we highlight moments from our monthly gathering, Coalfield Council Day. It's a time for reflection, team building, and celebrating the personal and professional developments of our crew members. This is Season 2, Episode 9, highlighting our Council Day on Friday, September 29th, 2023. After welcoming everyone into the space... Chief Operating Officer Ryan Stoner and Resource Navigation Coach Josiah Hanna opened up the floor for announcements, updates, and personal celebrations. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ryan. Do a little check here. The room's filled up with people. Can you hear me okay on this mic? We're going to test Josiah as well. Josiah, can they hear you? Can you hear me? All right. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Council Day at West Edge. If you don't know me, my name is Ryan Stoner. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at Coalfield Development. Thank you all for being here this morning. We're going to kick things off with some announcements, and then we have uh, some hats to present. This is a big day, big day here for Coalfield. We've got some exciting, uh, an exciting experience. First First time ever, actually, this experience we're all going to be a part of today. First time we've uh, we've ever had this kind of experience as an organization. We're welcoming the finalists for our CEO position, and they're going to be here today to more or less interview with all of us, as well as our board of directors. So they're going to be up here this morning. If you participated in submitting questions previously, some of those questions have been reviewed and will be asked here in this setting in front of all of us as a town hall. And so that will be a very unique experience. And then after that, later on, they'll have a uh, a more one-on-one interview with the board of directors downstairs in the Moses space. So we've got lunch here today. I'll kind of run you through the agenda real quick. Uh, We're going to welcome everybody in, do some introductions here. And then we've got our hat presentations from 845 to 9.30. At 9.30 is when we begin the town hall of the, the candidates. Lunch is scheduled at 12. We've got Soul Twist. Is that right, Gates? Do I hear Gates? That'd be correct. Gates. All right. Soul Twist for lunch. And then this afternoon, we will be embracing challenges thoughtfully. We're going to be working on rolling out the official Coalfield Safety Program. So Shane's going to be leading that with some support from uh, Brian Anderson at Lemax remotely. And then finally, we'll wrap up the day with Gina Milam helping lead a voter education session. Thank you for that, Gina. And then the very last thing today is information, a little bit of an update for our switch in payroll to using a service called Paycom. Now this is, uh, I'm gonna pause for that moment where Kelly typically leads the uh, welcoming things into the space. So is there anything you wanna welcome into the space or maybe a celebration you wanna shout out this morning, Marilyn? Welcome Cindy back. Yes, welcome Cindy. She's sporting her cane. Got that knee replaced. You feeling good? Feeling good. Very good. Oh, and yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday, Cindy. Happy birthday. Others? So yesterday we officially printed all of Bridge Day 2023. I feel like there's a lot of personal and professional like themes that it took to get that done, but like perseverance. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's the leading one. Awesome. What else we got? What's that? Joe Johnson, where are you? Happy birthday, Joe Johnson. 
Happy birthday. Um, you all all, uh, all met Sasa. He's our, been our artist in resident over the last two years. And you've probably been familiar with the 100 Badass Women. It was, it, we were lucky enough to have it hanging, the remaining badasses hanging in the gallery. And they all went on sale last Thursday. This place was crazy. It was like Kroger on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I'm talking ghetto Kroger, not Gucci Kroger, you know, where they have, they have no checkouts. We had him. Yong and I helped him. I don't know what we would have done without Yong. He always, I mean, he always stands up and helps anytime. Our QuickBooks and card reader didn't work. That didn't phase Yong. He just whips out his phone and takes $10,000 worth of payments. After announcements, we moved on to our hat celebrations all right i think that does it for announcements intros let's let's actually get into introductions we're going to pass it off to josiah we got some new folks to meet here at coalfield okay we only actually have one one new new person uh that we're that we're announcing for the first time but we do have some hats for folks that that were not able to get them last council day so we've got some catching up to do and then we do have one brand new person uh, who's this is the first time that they're having an opportunity to get a hat so let's start with Tyler Green. Can you come get your brown hat, please, sir? Tyler is with our Charleston Deconstruction Crew. And next, John Thomas Washington, also with our Charleston Deconstruction Crew. I want to say something to, uh, about Daryl. He is the first person to have asked me, he said, I have worked so hard in these hats that I need a new one. Um, I want to represent this organization well when I'm talking about it because I'm happy when I talk about it. I want I talk about it to people, what we're doing, but I have sweated through this thing multiple times over. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, he guts himself with the work that they do. He's a very hard worker. So just kudos to Daryl for both talking. Both for having a heart to carry our vision and mission forward in conversations with people, but also just for the, the work itself. Matt Thomas. Matt is with our Huntington Deconstruction Crew. And Cindy King. <laughs> with Mountain Mindful. Okay, Red Hats. And I want, I'm just going to start calling them out. Brandon Bragg. Brandon is with our high wall construction crew. Frank Collins, also with our high wall construction crew. Garrett Smith, with our Mineland Reclamation crew at high wall. Chris Howell, with our revitalized Fort Gay crew. Rainy Tawney, Rainy is with our West Edge Ag crew. Refresh. Tanner Kitchen, I do believe Tanner has been the most patient out of everybody here. He's been waiting a little while. Michaela Lotrich. Michaela's going to be a crew member on our Mineland Reclamation crew at Highwall. And Nicole Medina. Nicole's with our maintenance crew. Okay, last one is the blue. And first is Jaron Eakers. 
For those of you who don't know, there's a really cool story there behind Jared's, Jared's whole journey here. I was really looking forward to him being able to come up here and kind of spotlight him for a second. Next time. Next time. Scott Starr. Also, I'm sure an equally cool story. We just are still getting to know it. Jaren's we know a little bit more, but Scott's gonna be with our uh, high wall construction crew. Assistant crew chief. Okay, those are all of our hats. Followed by the hat presentation, Brandon gave us an update about the next steps in the search for our new CEO. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Uh, I just want to tell you about the process that we've undertaken in the CEO search and tell you where we're at. And then we're going to meet the finalists. And it's really about uh, you having the opportunity to have your questions be asked and for you to hear and process and then give uh, input on that. But first, I just want to tell you where we're at and and how we got here. The first thing, if you remember back in uh, June, I announced that I had a chance to become vice president at Marshall University and that we would start a six-month process in July towards selecting a new CEO. And so we're uh, about halfway through that process. We're getting near the decision point, and then there will be some additional transition time that I'll talk to you about in a little bit. The first thing I want to say, perhaps one of the most important things, I feel so good about where this organization is right now. I am so proud of all of you and of this organization. It's a big deal. It's a big challenge to have a leadership transition. You all have handled it with maturity, with gumption, with grit, and with grace. You've stuck to the values. Uh, We have powered forward. We have continued to grow through this transition. We have more employees than we've ever had. We have more trainees than we've ever had. We've done more community-based trainings with more participant outcomes than ever before. We're advancing multiple projects uh, at one time all through this transition. So I'd like you to give yourselves a round of applause for your gumption. Sometimes when nonprofits go through leadership transition, um, groups will see a fundraising dip because a lot of the grantors or donors you know, know the executive director or the CEO. I want to tell you in the last two months, we have commitments, not just we wrote a grant, we hope we get it, funding commitments in excess of $4 million to this organization over the next two to three years. So through a transition, we've actually accelerated and increased the funding and the, and the financial strength of this organization. Marilyn's been in the trenches with me on that. Many of you in the room have worked on that. It's almost unheard of, actually. Everyone knock on wood. (laughs) Knock on wood and then give a round of applause for the financial strength of the organization. We're doing great, you know, and I wouldn't tell you that if it weren't true. And what I've always said, for those of you that I don't know, I look forward to getting to know you. I'm the founder of this. I started this organization with other volunteers in in 2010. And I had said even then, even then 13 years ago, it's about the vision. It's about the blue sky vision. It's about the hard work to advance the vision. I never wanted this organization to be about one person, whether that was me or someone else. It's always been about the organization, the strength of the organization and the vision 
and the mission that this organization is advancing. And so I know transitions are hard, but we have a chance to prove what a strong and unique organization we are, to prove the value of our vision and our mission, that it's bigger than any one of us. It's about the collective effort that all of us contribute to equally. And so uh, I'm, I'm so encouraged by where we're at in this process and just appreciate, uh, again, your gumption, grit, and grace. We're doing great. I'm not even, a lot of times you'd say, we're doing okay, we're doing okay, we're gonna get through this. I don't feel like we're trying to get through something. I feel like we are excelling to a new level of organizational performance. And I feel really great about it, which is extraordinary. Here's where we are in the process. Uh, we posted the position in August. It was open for 30 days. We had really strong candidates, more than 60, I believe, uh, in total. As a board, uh, myself and then our board chair, Kinsey, uh, who you're gonna meet shortly, formed a hiring committee. So ultimately, this is the decision of the full board of directors of the organization. But there's a, a select committee that Kinsey has appointed that I'm on that's really facilitated the hiring process. We sifted through all 60 plus applications. We selected uh, several folks for an interview. And then the finalists out of the interview, the, the best of the best are who we invited here. And there's a bit of a surprise for me to, to convey that um, we, ex we said anywhere from three to five finalists would come to a town hall. It's actually, it's down to two. And the reason we did this, it was just, uh, it was very clear to the committee that these two stood out above the rest. And so we didn't want to just have three to five, just to have three to five, if we knew there were two higher level top quality uh, candidates that had clearly, uh, clearly, clearly emerged. So it's down to two. And, and the good news is that means we actually have a little bit of extra time to go in depth. So this is, this is your town, this is the organization's chance. This is your all's chance to hear directly from these folks. We're gonna ask your questions. So you had a chance to submit questions. We got a lot of really, really good questions. I wanna say thank you for the thoughtfulness that went into the questions. It ended up being like 80 plus questions. So we, could, we can't ask all 80. Some of them we were able to combine, you know, a couple different people. There are some themes and patterns that emerged. And so we got it down to 20. Um, and so I ask your patience, these folks are gonna have about 50 minutes each to work through 20 questions. That's not, not a lot of time, but I wanted to get as many in as we could because they're your questions. So the format is you've submitted questions, we called them down to 20. So they're the exact same questions for both finalists. Kinsey as board chair will ask those questions. I just ask you all to simply listen and process. Respectful and thoughtful is the mood we wanna go for. Um, it's not, we don't want like a head-to-head -head, uh, uh, combative situation. It's people who are being brave to, to put themselves out there and to, and to share their perspectives. Um, and I'm gonna tell you who the finalists are here in just a second, but I wanna make sure I'm laying out all the details. So we're not going to announce who those two people were at Council Day, but let's just say this, they both were fantastic. Now this part of Council Day was not recorded, to keep anonymity with the selection process, but we had a long session of open dialogue and amazing answers. 
and we wanted to be sure that all of the Coalfield team was involved in the selection process. After lunch, Shane Lloyd, Coalfield's training and safety coordinator, led us through our new safety program. The new Coalfield safety program covers safety procedures and protocols for work environments across Coalfield's various enterprises and locations. So, like I said, we're going to start out with our new safety program. You guys are going to hear about that today. After the safety program, you will get voter education from Gina Milam. And after that, you will learn how you're going to get paid in the future from Sarah Bryant. All right. We are moving toward a new system called Paycom. If you guys don't know me, I'm Shane Lloyd. I'm your training and safety coordinator. Um, I'm going to be doing this presentation with Brian Anderson is on with us. He is with Max Safety Solutions. Um, Coalfield and Max has came together to create a very comprehensive safety program for our organization. We are very excited about it. Um, it will be rolling out very, very soon. And we're going to present it today. All right. Who here can give me their best definition of why safety is important on the job? Yes. I don't know if anybody heard that. Luke said, so you can go home to your families every night, every day, every holiday. Just a little bit of an overview of our safety program. It is comprehensive. It is a safety and health program. We've developed it to address specific safety concerns on all of your job sites. And it is to provide guidance for performance of your job tasks within the frame. And we're going to make sure that we are OSHA compliant. Because OSHA can make us pay money, and we don't want to pay them money. So we're going to make sure that we don't have to do that. All right? This, this program is going to contain some policies and procedures on what to do, how to do it, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Those policies and procedures have your job hazards in mind, have your job site placements in mind, among a much of lot of other things. Next, Gina Milam, West Edge Operations Arts and Outreach Coordinator, led us through a session on voter education. If you know who your state delegate is, raise your left hand. Where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. All right, now everybody sit down, and I'm going to ask a question, and the person who knows the answer, raise your hand. Can you vote if you are in jail? Can you vote if you are in jail? Yes, you can. If you were if you were in jail due to a misdemeanor. If you are awaiting trial for a felony, can you vote? Yes. yes. If you have been convicted of a felony, can you vote? The answer is yes. You must have been able, you must have already become uninvolved with the justice system. That means you're not on parole. That means you're not on probation. But once you have met all that criteria, you are automatically able to vote again in the state of West Virginia. Now, I'm going to ask for a couple of volunteers. So that means Gina and you. All right. Just kind of hand those out. Make sure 
I mean, you can pass them out, you can whatever. We all, I mean, I'm a boomer who has a barcode or a QR code, and I think I'm cooler than a raccoon riding an alligator. So, of course, I made up all these things with these cute little QR codes. Now, I'm going to give everybody a quick civics lesson. Does anybody need to stand up again? No? Am I keeping everybody awake and engaged? Let me know because I'll stand closer. All right. We probably all took a civics class when we were in junior high school. We all know we have a bicameral system of government, correct? Do you all know what bicameral means? I see a bunch of heads nodding. Do you all know what that means? Tell us what it means. Yes, that is on the federal level. What about the state level? Yes, we do. All right, everybody is pretty familiar with who your representatives are on the federal level. In the state of West Virginia, every state in the union has two senators. Do we know who ours are? Jeremiah, who are they? Exactly right. So that's just constitutionally mandated every state, regardless of where you're California and you've got 200 million people, or you're in Wyoming and have seven people and 89 million cows, you still get the same number of senators, right? Now, the other, so that is the Senate. Now our Congress, that is a different matter. Do you all know what determines the number of congressmen that we have, or Congress people, excuse me, me of all people saying congressmen, what's wrong with me? Do you all know what determines the number of representatives we have? Like Lily, Lily's raised her hand. Exactly, and you know what determines that? The census. The census happens every 10 years. Before the last census, West Virginia had three congressmen. Congress people. Sorry about that. Jeez. I'm better than that. How many Congress people does West Virginia have now? Two. It's because we lost a representative. And so if that census worker comes through your, by your house or if that census worker knocks on your door or you get a census mailer in the mail when it comes time, fill it out. That means tax dollars for our roads and our bridges and our infrastructure. That means all kinds of things. So don't hide from the census takers. I know I live up a hollow myself. Usually the only people that ever found me up there were missionaries and census takers. And your first instinct is to hide from them. Don't. So yes, there's me and Mama and Papa and the twins and Bubby and we're all Count everybody, all right? Up to within 21 days of the election. So right up to before, three weeks before the election, you can go register. And you can do it on your phone. It's not like you have to go to the courthouse or you have to go anywhere or make an appointment. Do it on your phone. Where are you and who's running? You know, there's so many 
There's so many seats in this state where people are running unopposed. It's the same people that have been in there for decades and people won't run for office. Some of you all are probably living in a district where there's nobody else running except the same guy that's been in charge for years and years and years and years. Think about that. Think about running for office. But you're going to have to be, in, you've got to be engaged. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to CouncilCast, a monthly podcast from Coalfield Development. This series is hosted and produced by JJN Multimedia. Subscribe to Changing the Coalfields, a podcast by Coalfield Development on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review. To support or learn more about our work creating resilient Appalachian communities and helping people unlock their full potential, power, and purpose, find us on social media or visit www.coalfield-development.org. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next month.